Welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan, chatting to some of the UK's leading business professionals, sharing tips, insights, and advice on how to create amazing customer experiences whilst building bigger, better, and more profitable businesses as a result. What can you do in your business today and in the years to come to truly delight your clients? What exceptional experiences can you give them to take away and cherish? How can you delight the most important person in the world? Satisfaction makes you one of many. Delighting clients makes you the only one. And you can't be just one. You have to be the only one. Hello and welcome to the Only One Business Show with me, your host, James Nathan. Today I have an industry hub from the recruitment industry to talk to, and I think you're going to really enjoy this conversation. She's the host of many recruitment events and technology showcases, as well as a trained psychometric assessor. She's created and run the UK Recruiter Knowledge Network, which is established back before recruitment networking even existed. The network is the most comprehensive set of information, services, and links to all the UK's recruitment industry. Over the past 20 years, she's hosted over 100 events for recruiters, blogged regularly for more than 10 years, and published in excess of 750 weekly newsletters to an organically grown network of over 30,000 recruitment professionals. That is gigantic. Please welcome Louise Trance. Louise, hi, how are you? Hello, I'm, I'm great, thank you. That, that's made me sound quite impressive. I've enjoyed that. <laughs> I always love it when people read my intro and I think, oh, I'll polish my nails now. <laughs> yeah, that's great. We, we can end now. <laughs> well, can we talk a bit longer, please? It makes it make for a very boring podcast, but it's lovely to have you on. I know you're super busy and it's it's great to grab some of your time. What what are you up to at the moment, Louise? What events have you got going on and what's happening with, with UK Recruiter? So always seem to be working on events. Um, you mentioned the technology showcase. So this is our seventh, maybe eighth year of running that. So that's in uh-huh. June working on that. Then we've got um, our usual um, director's events that we've been doing for years. And we've got some new ones, which maybe we'll talk about a bit later, but which are evening events, which we call Inspire Recruitment. So okay. I'm work- working on those whilst also newsletter, blogging, and just the general everyday stuff of uh, running a community site fantastic if uh, if those of you who are to the recruitment industry uk recruiter is kind of the place um to to find anything really um as well as some fabulous blog posts and and uh, really good sort of up-to-date information about what's going on in the recruitment world because it changes super fast doesn't it yeah i mean i think i think that there's obviously some core elements of what we do which are very very standard but the the recruitment marketplace and the the sort of when you're inside that as an agency recruiter or a corporate recruiter it's it's quite nice to be able to communicate with other people in that space and experts in that space and that's what we've tried to build is that community site i guess an old-fashioned trade publication online okay and is there it does have you found that the readership has changed over time um, I guess it's the job titles that people certainly have. Um, and I think that probably when we started out, so when I first started out, we were training um, agency recruiters on right. tech 
techniques for using the internet to recruit. And this was really, really early days. So we had quite a large agency, uh, recruitment agency following. And um, over time, that's broadened into that corporate recruiter. But I also Mm -hmm. think that there's lots of different parts of recruitment now. So there's people who are doing um, internet sourcing, and then there's the, the people who are talent acquisition within corporate firms. And I don't think that was a job title that existed when I first started doing this 20 years ago. Um, people were still being called personnel officers um, <laughs> back, back when I started. So I guess that the roles have definitely expanded and diversified in that space. Um, I'm not sure whether the average job seeker would notice that particularly or even a hiring manager in an organisation because it is within our own recruitment space. I think that we've seen that the most. It's uh, it's interesting when you talk about sort of job titles and, and the roles that existed. I, don't, I look at my kids who are, who are 10 and 12 now and, and wonder – you know what it is they might do when they're older, um, and you you kind of think of traditional stuff like you know, uh, the tech, whatever it might be, architect, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but actually, yeah, some of those roles, particularly the internet stuff. I mean, I, I I'm I sound like a fossil when I talk these days because when I started in recruitment back in 1996, um, you know, we had green screens and we didn't have the internet, and you know, it was a different kind of thing. Um, the skills were very basic, but I don't think those have changed much. But access to information and access to, well, identifying people and the, the sort of the mapping stuff that used to be very, very complicated is now it's complicated in a different way. And there's roles for people to, to do just those parts of the of the business. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, when, I, so when I first started in recruitment, we had um, dumb terminals. So we were just connected internally within our own business. Mm. Um, lots of people didn't have their own mobile phone. We had a, I mean, got a foundation, but we had the, the brick, the massive great brick that somebody took on a business development meeting with them. <laughs> <laughs> we had, you know, we. I remember having a conversation with my boss. He had a car phone, and he said, "I don't need anything else because I'm either in my car with a client or in the office. Yeah, you can always contact me in the right times." Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's the technology has changed a lot, and it's uh, it's an interesting conversation to have because you obviously have the showcases as well around recruitment technology. Um, some of it is awesome. Some of it, I think, is not. I remember looking back at email and thinking, wow, I can send a CV directly to a client while I'm talking to them and we can discuss it there and then. You know, and now emails become the thing I battle with the most when I'm, I'm working with my clients. Mm. But some of the technological, technological changes are awesome. What do you think is the good and bad of, of recruitment technology? Well, I guess I, I think it's a... It's a Loads of technology, most of the technology is great, it's just the application of it. So most of the technology which is around there in the recruitment space could be used. It's whether you should use it in the business that you have. Um, So one of the things we do with our tech showcases is that we talk about the application of that tool. And then I typically would ask people, um, what questions should potential clients be asking you? And that's around how it fits in with their process. Mm-hmm. So I guess that what what you don't want to do is keep saying seeing something new and shiny and exciting and, and trying to cram it into the way in which you operate. Mm-hmm. You should look at... I, mean, I guess we should always be looking at our processes and we should be thinking about whether we should do things differently and we should be evolving... 
But essentially, a, a, a decent recruitment business will have a good process. They will have a way in which they operate with clients and the way they operate with candidates. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for a technology that supports that. They're not saying, oh, Instagram. Now, how can we fit that in? Right, let's change everything we do so that we can put photos of our candidates on Instagram. And right. that would obviously would be a very unrealistic thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the risk with technology is that other people are saying to you, um, you know, you've got to use this chatbot. And so yeah. you're trying to find a way to get that chatbot into your process. And maybe your process doesn't need a chatbot. It's, uh, I, I, I like what you've just said there, because it's, I, I talk about chatbots a lot, actually, and anything automated, I find that um, a lot of people are very keen to automate a number of things um, from a service perspective, which is obviously something I, I mm. love to chat around. Um, it has very big positives and very big negatives, depending on who's accessing you. Um, some people don't want a chatbot; they want to speak to you. In other industries, um, chatbots are really great. You know, if you want to query something on Amazon while you're working away on something else, a chatbot can be really handy. But when it's a personal thing, like moving jobs, or you know, a, a, a very important decision, a business decision like hiring somebody, just knocking through a chatbot can't always help, or can't always be the the right way to do it. But I do see lots of businesses trying to do it that way. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think that um, that chatbots and um, automated automation has a really big part to play in the future of the recruitment industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just about using it right. And you just said something about um, the, the service element, which I know is what you talk about on quite a lot of these shows. Um, but if you're looking at something like um, the future of service within the recruitment space, then mm-hmm. automation and technology and robots has to be a part of that. I, I, I agree it has to be a part of it. I just think it needs to be a part of it sensibly. And yeah. some of the technologies that are emerging are, I don't know, I look at them and think, you know, what are they going to be like in 10 years when they're good, uh, when they're better? You know, mm-hmm. it's like electric cars. They're pretty cool, but in 10 years' time, they're going to be very cool. Um, yeah. Chatbots, AI, all those other things within recruitment can can help enormously. Yeah, if you think back to some of the simple stuff, which is which is – part and parcel of almost every CRM system these days, like CV passing. You know, it Mm -hmm. used to be something that we paid a lot of money for and got all excited about. Um, Now it actually works quite well and the information comes through onto your database quickly and it's all all very cool. I was going to say something about the parsing, actually, because you've you've just touched on something which was... um it ties in exactly what you said about when it's done right. So parsing technology has been around for 20 years. There's a company mm. who um, are coming to our tech event who were doing parsing right before hardly anybody else was, and they were doing it too early, and people yeah. couldn't work out quite what to do with it because the other parts of the puzzle weren't there. So it's like you were saying with electric cars, when it's done right, when the rest of the puzzle is in place, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what's happened with parsing is now it's everyone's parsing everything you know when I was first working for a recruitment company the secretaries were retyping CVs they were typing the entire CV out from something which was faxed through to us or delivered in the post now it's obviously all sent by email and it's automatically parsed into your CRM and if you want to reformat it you can do it so James what you've just said is exactly right when when we all catch up with some stuff 
it will be great. Or when the other parts of the puzzle are play, in place, that's mm-hmm. when it will work. Perfectly. Oh, do you know, you just triggered my memory of sitting with a stack of CVs and coding them onto the system and then yep. sending them to my, well, actually sending them, turning around and putting them on my secretary's in tray for her to yep. type up. Yep. Um, it's crazy. Yeah, it is. And actually, what there's one, one important kick from that, which I really love, is that a lot of the secretarial kind of pull, the, the admin side of recruitment, those people were extremely great. Um, members of the teams um, and wasted a lot of their time typing CVs where now, mm. you know, their role has changed significantly. Well, their roles either disappeared or changed significantly um, yeah. into, you know, higher skilled, more in, more interesting, um, all of that, all that's very good. And I think CV passing, for those who don't understand what we're talking about, CV passing is where um, the CV comes through the internet on email, which is how they're delivered. Um, and then to take the information off that CV and put it into a database so it's searchable and useful for a recruiter, um, parsing is a thing that automatically does that for you, where in the old days you used to have to add the coding in yourself. So it's just a, it's a, it's an admin treat really for people um but then it's like you know telling my kids that you you know when i was young i had to go to a record shop to buy a record and they look at me as if i was absolutely mental um yes. you know yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's the same kind of thing when when we talk about service in in recruitment is it getting better is it improving or is it getting worse um I, is it getting better it, it should be getting better um, I think that um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of people who recognise that um, within the recruitment space, service is really, really important now, probably more so than it has been in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason for that is, firstly, it's a candidate market. So broadly speaking, companies find it more difficult to get can- candidates than job seekers find it to get jobs. So um, if you're a hiring manager, it is going to be more challenging to fill a role than perhaps it was um, previously. Um, So that is, um, it isn't just about recruitment specifically, um, it's just that that, um, people have got more choices of where they go to work and where they go to shop and everything else so i think i think Mm -hmm. it's a it's a consumer market it's a candidate market the second thing um, which affects why service is so important in the recruitment space is about transparency and again that's not even recruitment specific so if you're providing a poor service it's much easier for word to get out so that's things like google reviews things on twitter Mm -hmm. In recruitment, it's a site like Glassdoor where you can yep. leave reviews um, and people do leave feedback on terrible interviews, poor recruitment practices. And obviously, in a more positive sense, it's also very visible. So people will leave things like LinkedIn testimonials. Um, you know, you can have a, a load of really positive stuff on Instagram again. So mm. I think that um, that transparency and the fact that it's more difficult to find the right people means that uh, service is more important in the recruitment space now than it's ever been. I think that companies are much um, more capable of finding um, where they, where they do find talent. They're almost as capable as agencies in finding that talent. Mm-hmm. So for recruitment agencies, they have to work harder um, than perhaps they historically would have had. So I think that, that that's why it's um, very important. And I think that that is going to lead to some changes, which is around the, you know, some of this robotic stuff we've touched on. Um, but, Broadly speaking, would I say the service in the recruitment space is better? Um, possibly not. 
Um, I think there's always going to be people who talk about cowboy recruiters and um, poor recruitment practices they've suffered from. I think that's always going to be the case, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Every industry has its good and its bad and it has its rising stars and it has its cowboys. Um, Unfortunately, I think recruitment is tarnished with a a brush which is you know more than 20 years old which is that you know it's a sales business and and often recruiters are seen as people who are just out to make a buck out of you um the very best obviously are not and when i say very best it doesn't matter what level or what industry the people who provide an excellent service who really understand their clients and candidates who take the time to to help as much as possible in the process um, they will always, you know, m- make bigger and better businesses mm-hmm. because that's that is the personal touch, regardless of of how things are automated underneath, is what we look for. Um, yeah. it, that the, it's a relationship business, isn't it? Recruitment. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. don't think it's ever been any different. I just think that uh, mm-hmm. at times um, people come in and out of it quickly, and sometimes the, you know you, we lose good people. The last big recession. Um, was a real shame for the recruitment industry because I think a lot of very good people left mm-hmm. um, through no fault of their own. They just had to earn a living like we all do um, mm-hmm. until that lottery win comes through. It's back to work every day and uh, you know, if there's no work there, you have to do something. No, um, no, I think you're right. Is there going to be a change um, going forward though in terms of how we access the market, how, how people find jobs? Um, I don't know. I wonder if I'm maybe talking about the um, the automation a bit too much. But I do I do think that the the um, within the recruitment space. So so for recruitment individuals, there's a bit of a fear that the robots are coming and they're going to steal their jobs. Right. And I think that probably in other areas of um, industry, it's the same. You know, if you if you work for a business like Amazon, you're probably quite concerned that you won't be packing and picking and delivering for much mm-hmm. longer. I think recruitment's the same, but I think it's probably got a quite a positive impact within the recruitment space. So we're looking at things like uh, chatbots, which we've mentioned, um, screening tools, um, things which can do automated phone interviews, um, even face-to-face interviews with an actual physical robot. That's a technology which has been um, recently showcased at an event um, mm-hmm. in, in Lisbon. So I think that, that, that what we're seeing is that recruiters are going to need to excel at the human part of the job, which is what you just touched on a minute ago. Mm-hmm. Um, to continue to provide value, so either as an agency recruiter or within an in-house team, um, and I think that the human parts of the process will need to be at a really high standard for the job seeker and for the the hiring manager. So I, I do see those changes coming. When I when I see that technology of you know, especially the interviewing thing, I saw, I've been looking online at some of that recently. Um, it fills me with dread. It really does. But then I, th- I don't want to be Alan Sugar saying the iPod will never happen or never work. No one will ever want one because you, you never really know. I think there's industries where that kind of robotic stuff has been trialed a lot, particularly in medicine where, you know, for, for triaging and all that kind of thing. Um, it has its moments, but it tends to be a very yes and no kind of affair. Um, I'm hoping that with, with, the, with technology changing, it gets better but I still don't believe that it's going to be the answer. It might be for very technical stuff. You know, can you turn up and can you pick and, and pack 
tomorrow, that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. with much more technically difficult roles, um, I, I wonder, I wonder. But then I don't want to be, I don't look back at this conversation in five years' time and think, you're a bloody idiot, Nathan. What were you saying? Um, you know, it all, it all, <laughs> who, who knows what it's, what well, it's going to look like. And I, and I agree. I don't think we do know. I, I heard someone, I wish I could remember who said this because it is so, so true. They said that none of these technologies will be utilized fully in the recruitment or the hospitality or whatever space until they're mainstream. So once they are mainstream, then they'll be used in things like this. So virtual reality, you can use virtual reality in recruitment. So if you imagine that, um, I saw this used perfectly as a mining job, a job where you're down a mine, you're delivering stuff in a a truck and it's very hot and it's very dark, it's very dusty. Mm -hmm. And people can't envisage what that job is like and their staff turnover is horrific. So this was maybe three years ago, I saw this virtual reality. So you put the headset on and you're in the mine and you can sense the claustrophobia and you can feel the movement of the vehicle and i could see that's great because people can get a sense of what that's going to be like wow that's clever and that's absolutely brilliant but virtual reality is not mainstream but chatbots will become mainstream we are using chatbots all the time to ask questions so i think that will become a thing in recruitment which will serve a use so if you're applying for a job and you just want to know what the salary is like how many people are in the office is it dressed down friday yeah you can ask the chatbot that and it will it will um, either move you through the process or you will deselect yourself on the right criteria. So that will be more mainstream and we will use that. And some people will love it and some people will hate it. But broadly speaking, I think it will provide us a useful function. And you might not like the idea of robots, but once you see a robot behind the front desk in every Hilton hotel checking you in, we'll mm-hmm. be using them in recruitment too. <laughs> I just, you know, I had a flashback to my old auntie who refused to use the hole in the wall to get cash out because it was totally yeah. impersonal. <laughs> yeah, and I love what you've said there about it, you know, when things become mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were at a dinner party this week and, and someone was saying, did you ever envisage a day where spending a £1,000 on a mobile phone would be seen as normal? Yeah. Um, you know, and it does it does change very quickly. We talked a little bit about you know the changes in service. What where, which which businesses are you? You come across a lot of recruitment businesses, obviously, um, and a lot of businesses who serve the recruitment industry. Uh, who are the guys who are really doing things differently and shaking things up at the moment? Um, well, I probably better not mention any names because some of the ones I've seen have been from some judging I've recently done for the Global Recruiter Awards. So um, one of the categories I've uh, judged for that is best specialist recruitment business. Mm -hmm. Um, And I what's fascinating me about that is how service is much broader than just how you interact with clients and candidates. So the criteria upon which these were judged were um, so relationship with clients, relationship with candidates, um, relationship with the community you serve. So that's the industry or the sector that you serve. the service you give internally through mentorship and things like that and mm-hmm. then the the csr bit the, the the corporate social responsibility so i think that businesses are being judged for their service certainly in this in this particular instance mm-hmm. much more broadly than do you give candidates feedback 
do you brief clients properly? Um, and it and it was really great to see some businesses who were ticking all those boxes. Um, some weren't. Some were giving examples of a really um, good process they have with a candidate and maybe how they um, also offer those candidates training or lots of other different things they were doing, but they weren't doing anything for the wider community. So right. they weren't they weren't hosting meetups or um, judging awards. You know, if you're a recruiter in the pharmaceutical space, if you can get on a judging panel for some pharmaceutical awards, then you really know your space and you're actually providing a service in that space. If you can organise um, meetups for um, tech people in Slough, mm-hmm. then yep. that's really quite impressive. That That's, I think, more about where, where service is going than just remembering to, to give feedback to a candidate. So for any recruiters listening, because I couldn't agree with um, Louise more about these things, when I was a when I was a consultant, we had to do seminars and things, and there was a, there was a schedule, and a lot of people saw that as a real chore. Oh God, we've mm. got to go to a seminar, we've got to go and stand up and drink with these people. Um, you know, where where some of us looked at that and thought this is a great opportunity. Mm. These meetups, this stuff is very very good for networking. It's great for relationship building. It's fabulous for well, there's there's no downside to it, um, and the the CSR aspect you just mentioned is quite interesting because a lot of businesses are getting very 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 um, are moving quicker mm. at understanding that actually not only have they got a social responsibility as a business, but that candidates want to work for businesses who do good things. Yeah. Yeah, and I and I think that it's again back to transparency and visibility. It's just so much more visible. Um, so I like to think that people do stuff altruistically. It certainly mm-hmm. is how I operate. But I yeah. do understand that as a business, you have to do things commercially. And if the two things can come together and you can get a bit of good PR off the back of it, then you should be all over that. Absolutely. And uh, it's always, I mean, I, I have a, a charity on my website. Lots of people do. Um, you know, the, the reason that I like the charities, I have a personal connection um, and that's always better. Mm. Um, and lots of people look for that. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about authenticity in business. Mm. Um, there's nothing authentic about putting Cancer Research UK on your website because you think it looks good for candidates. Yeah. No. Um, but uh, there's a lot of good that businesses can do. What can recruitment businesses do to improve their their the view of them in the industry? Because some some businesses are seen as you know great places. Other other businesses are not. Um, they might have old reputation or, or whatever it might be. What should they be doing to improve their their public offering or the the, the view of them in the public public domain? I, I guess there's a, a an intrinsic problem here, which is that that as a you know no matter what each of us individually do, there'll be some businesses who don't care at all. So collectively, we probably can't change the um, the, the view. And I know some people disagree with me. And there are the governing bodies for the recruitment space who work really really hard, mm-hmm. and there are other clubs who do try to bring the best recruiters together. But there are still going to be. Um, maybe I shouldn't slag off estate agents, but they do have a similar reputation. Yeah. And I guess that collectively they work as hard as they can, 
but that, that, that stereotype still exists for a reason. Um, and I think that recruitment businesses, it's nice to be part of a larger community, which is what I like with what we're doing. And it's great to support something like an industry body and to put your voice behind change. So I think that's the first thing is even though I don't think we can completely stamp out and eradicate this negativity around the recruitment space, being part of something bigger and actually standing up for yourselves and showcasing what you do, I think is really important. But I just think holding yourself to a a high standard and thinking Mm -hmm. about this stuff and um, remembering what service is about. So doing, doing stuff that the job seeker or the hiring manager can't do themselves to a standard that delights them or at the very least makes all parties happy. And it's not rocket science to work out what that is. You actually don't need a chatbot to provide good service. It's just about considering what good service looks like. And it isn't complicated. It's uh, The recruitment world is a very simple place. You, may, you find somebody, you introduce them to somebody else. They like yeah. each other. Um, they decide that it's going to work for both of them and off they go hand in hand and it's all wonderful. Um, at a very simple level, it's a yeah, basic yeah. thing. Obviously, yeah. there's lots of complexity that falls on top. But it's, uh, in my mind, um, I think, you know, all you really need to, to give great service in recruitment is a telephone and a load of effort. Yeah. And if you can put in the effort, if you do things for people, if you do things for people that – they will appreciate and are useful to them and provide them with that terrible word value Mm. and you're easy to work with, Mm. then you'll have a good business. If you stop worrying about what other people do and just try to make some money for yourself, you'll Mm. go out of business pretty quickly. No. I think I think the only other thing you need, well, there's probably a load of other things. One of the things you need is honesty. So being honest with what you can achieve for somebody. And I mm-hmm. think that can be something of a problem in the recruitment space is, is that over-promising because we're yep. chasing fees. So mm, implying to a client that you understand their market when you don't, mm-hmm. um, implying yeah. to a candidate that you're um, working you know, specifically for that client when perhaps you're not retained by them. And yep. I think that's that does us a disservice. And I think that that's um, maybe not done in a particularly malicious way, but that is one of the reasons why we have the poor reputation is that we're just not being honest about what we can achieve and what our relationships are, and then you're going to let people down. There's a, there's a, another side of that, isn't there, as well? Because obviously there's the, the money which influences people's decisions and, mm. and yes, they can, you know, fake it before you make it kind of mentality. But also I think when I'm talking to um, less experienced consultants or people who are new to the industry, they don't want to look like the new person. They don't want to look like they don't understand. And so no. quite often they will, instead of just saying, look, I, can I come back to you or could I, uh, I need to ask somebody else, mm. um, they kind of show, oh, no, no, I understand. And and that can be quite damaging. Yeah, and you know, actually, that's a really good point is it's very easy for me to say, to be honest, because 20 mm-hmm. years in, I can be really, really honest. And yeah. I don't feel I don't feel embarrassed at saying, I have not a clue what you're talking about. Yeah, that's um, not my thing. I'll go and find somebody who is. Yeah, yeah. But, but maybe 20 years ago, I would have been just as bad as that. And I probably would have been the person pretending that I knew what a C++ Java whatnot was, um, yeah. just because I'd wanted to get that fee. 
So, yeah, perhaps I'm not the best person to give that advice. We can all look back at our past and think, I wish I'd done that differently. I mean, yeah. I remember I, I came out of accountancy as a chartered accountant, so in, in everyone's mind I knew accountancy. I didn't have a clue what people did in-house. I didn't have a, the foggiest what a management accountant did. Um, and I had to learn like everybody else. Um, so I learned by interviewing a hell of a lot of management accountants and asking them what they did. <laughs> so yeah. that was my way yeah. around it. But no, I, I, but I, I just want to hit back to something you said about, you know, if, if we all do it or if we all do things better, it won't necessarily change the whole industry. As long as we change our part of the industry, as long as we produce the best businesses we can, as long as we look at what we do and try to do it better than the last time, yeah. we will be more successful. Yeah, I do I do believe that. I guess, I guess that what I'm saying is that there were um, – dodgy cowboys recruiting 29 years ago 30 years ago when i first started in the recruitment space there still uh-huh. be we there still will be when i leave um yep. I, but yes you're absolutely right i mean god you still have to do something you, you should always do it and you should always try to be better than you are absolutely there are when you mention those people some of them are still around yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, Happily, a lot of them are retired. I know I was talking about an old boss of mine who, who doesn't fit into that category. He was actually a really lovely guy who now spends most of his time flying helicopters about the place. And you think, <laughs> wish I'd been there at the right time. Yeah. Um, Louise, it's been it's been really lovely chatting with you. There's there's a whole world of stuff we could continue to discuss, but I'm also really conscious of of, of time as well. Mm-hmm. I'd love you to just give us your one nugget, your one thing that you'd like people to take away, think about something that they could do to make their businesses better today and better in the years to come. What would that be? So I don't think I have something particularly mind-blowing um, and I'm going to have to speak speak fast to roll two into one because it's, it's <laughs> you actually can have two a, if you want. It's a complete cheat. Um, it's so obvious. Um Treat others as you expect to be treated yourself and do what you say you'll do when you say you'll do it. And that is what I actually live by. And I think if you do that, I mean, there's so much more complex stuff out there that you should be doing. But at a very core level, being that person, being that business is um, absolutely the right thing to do. Two really great things. And, you know, they are simple, but they're not done well. And if you do those well, what a great business you'll have. Louise, thank you so much. It's been great talking to you. Oh, and with you, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks ever so much. I hope you really enjoyed this episode of The Only One Business Show, and I look forward to sharing your company again very soon. If you'd like to subscribe, please do so wherever you pick up your podcasts. And in the meantime, have a great day. Bye for now.